10 to 1, episode 49. Top 10 things every human should do. Welcome to 10 to 1, a podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Brian Kozer. And I'm Melissa Kozer. And today's list could go the route of either uh, preachy uh-huh. things that we all need to do to make the world a better place, or okay. bucket list type experiences, fun. Right. And uh, I kind of purposefully left it vague because I wanted it to be both, actually. Okay. And so my list is going to be, uh, for the most part, the preachy part first, and then <laughs> we'll end on kind of a fun note. But okay. on, so I have about five of each, roughly, and they are ranked in the order that I think they're more most important. As far as the fun ones, the most important of the fun ones that I really think you should experience the mm-hmm. top one is the one you should most experience. The preachy ones, the top one of those is the one that you really should be doing. So that's how I did my list. How about you? Yeah, I think I kind of have both. Let me, I guess I have to double check that I do. Well, you'll find out. But it more went toward the advice side, I think, because I started thinking... Okay, if this is for every single human, mm-hmm. they have to do it once in their life, then I have to do it for people from every country, every religion, people that are physically handicapped, and uh, obviously it's not 100%, but I tried to get it as broad-reaching as possible. So, you know, I wasn't going to have, like, run a marathon because some people physically can't run a marathon. I don't think everyone should run a marathon anyway. But just as an example. Yeah, no. I think very few people should run a marathon. Right. But yeah, so I tried to go broad. And so that led more to, uh, I guess, more advice kind of things than bucket list type things. Okay. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, maybe I've just had better experiences in my life too that I feel everybody should experience. I guess we'll see. And then I'll tell you why. (laughs) About all the people that shouldn't experience it. (laughs) Okay. Everything, things every human should experience. My number 10. Experience or do? uh, Do. Uh Every human should do. And we'll start with the most obvious, or one of the more obvious ones. Breathe. Spend time with family. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, so... And I actually didn't put that on my list. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, I was... Not in those words. Yeah, if I had found something, I, w- I was fine with leaving it off the list. Because, I mean, it's kind of obvious. I think... Yeah. I don't know if there's too many people that would say you shouldn't spend time with your family. I know a lot of people that aren't on good terms with their family. Right. But I think people would agree it's a good thing to be... To have a good relationship with your family, to spend time with them, to, I mean, you're going to spend a lot of time with them growing up, hopefully, Uh, your nuclear family, and 
uh, if you're privileged enough to be able to spend time with your family to still be on good terms with them, then you By the should. By time you're an adult, especially. Right. Well, and I, yeah, I guess this this goes for the entire lifespan. That uh, you know, I guess you could say, well, it's just random that I ended up with these particular people in my family. I don't necessarily share common interests with them like maybe I do with some of my friends or maybe they're different ages and so I don't have as many things in common with them but I don't know there's something about that family bond that uh, the shared shared time you spend together and uh, the shared experiences shared hard times maybe even something with sharing genetics who knows that just makes that that bond more special and so I think it fits on my list as number 10, spending time with family. That's a good one. But, you know, I said I didn't have one like that. I, I have one that kind of runs on the, along those lines. And my number 10 is you should have a memory-making place. So a place where you go ideally with your family or with a special someone could be just a friend or, I mean, even if it's just you and your, your pet dog or something, but a place where you like to go and this is a place where you make memories. And it doesn't have to be somewhere that you go super often, uh, but for an example, growing up, my parents had a timeshare at a resort called Westgate in Orlando, Florida, and... We weren't there every year, but uh, I don't know, maybe every three or four years we would go as a family and we would just spend a week there and we'd have so much fun uh, away from the stresses of life. We'd bond, we'd play games, we'd sw go swimming and, and just do all sorts of fun activities. And so those are some of the best memories of my life. And Brian and I were just discussing this recently that we'd kind of like to do something along those lines. I'd like to, at any rate. <laughs> and uh, make our our location be somewhere like Gatlinburg. And maybe every five years go to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And uh, just as a family, hang out together for a week and do some fun mm -hmm. stuff that we don't normally get to do. So that's my number 10. Have a place where you can... Create these bonds that go that stretch over the years, and then along that those lines, I would also encourage people to take a journal with them and write down what happens each day. Uh, I used to be really good at this in high school, and by good at this, I mean I at least started each <laughs> vacation by keeping a journal. <laughs> I don't think I've ever finished a vacation by keeping a journal. Didn't matter if it was just three days or a week or a month, but uh, it's a good idea to keep a journal of what happens each day. Because even though I didn't make it through the end of each vacation, I can still look back through those days that I did keep a journal of and be reminded of things that happened and be like, oh, there's no way I would have remembered any of this if I'd not written it down. I would have had just a vague memory of, oh, we went here one time, but I have no clue what, what we did there. So uh, keeping a journal really helps to keep things fresh over the years. I would, I would say anything that you want to remember, really, write it down. That seems like have that should be a separate journal. 
Well, separate number for you. It all goes along the lines of memory. Hmm. So that's my number 10. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we didn't really go back to one specific place for vacations or anything, so I don't, I don't see this as as important as you, I think. Well, that's why it's 10 and not higher. I mean, top 10 things every human should do. I think it's important for people to have something that they can really hold on to and cherish as that they did together with family or with good friends. Times where they really made good memories. I just don't remember anything about my family. <laughs> if only we had gone to somewhere for Shut vacation up. twice. What's your number nine? <laughs> or multiple times. Okay. Well, I would say more important than going to All right. the same vacation spot. Pump, pump, pump. Number nine, I'd say travel outside your country is an important thing for everyone to do because we all we all to some degree yep. get into these uh, grooves we get into these mental um, stereotypes well i was going to say even just getting into sort of a box where you know we're focused on what we're doing and we're focused on our immediate surroundings and i think that's important i'm actually going to list something related to that a little bit farther on but I think that it lends a lot of perspective and makes you grateful and um, makes you more empathetic for other people to do some travel, especially outside of uh, your immediate surroundings. Right. So not everybody's going to be able to get on a plane and fly halfway across the country. But I'd say most people have the opportunity to go to even just a a neighboring just, country or even a different city sometimes here in the US that would be that would be different different yeah. enough i'd say i mean that's that's fine too but i specifically mentioned yeah a country just because you get um, and i'm thinking a country with a different culture different, different language, language yeah. and uh, maybe different um, maybe much richer or much poorer than your country just to uh, uh, sort of see that, uh, you know, not every not everywhere in the world is like uh, wherever wherever it is you're you're living. Uh, there's people that are very different from you, and um, yeah, I think it's just a useful thing to know and experience. And as Saint Augustine said, the world is a book, and those who do not travel read only one page. So you might not That's be able to do quote. it. Yeah, you might not be able to do a lot. You might not be able to do a really expensive journey. But if you can, at least once in your life, get to some foreign country, I think it'd be well worth your while. I think every human should try and do that. That's my number nine. All right. Well, that's a good one, and I don't have it on my list, but I have something sort of similar, and you talked about it broadening your horizons, making more empathetic towards other people. Yeah. My number nine is everybody should live in a college-type experience for at least a year. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying everybody should go to college. Okay. That I, you know, college is not for everyone, but you should, you should have a college-type experience. Okay. And here's what I mean. I grew so much by going to college. So there is something about going away from your parents that you have that have cared for and raised you and nurtured you. You are out on your own. 
you are in a room, a small room, with three other, uh, well, I was in there with three other girls. Hopefully you're in there with the same gender as you. Um, and for the next year, half a year, you have to live with those people. And you have to live with them amidst daily stress and pressure. And doing that is going to help you in a lot of ways. For one thing, in a, I mean, just in a college atmosphere, uh, that's where you really start to think and start to evaluate, okay, what what do I think of the world? What do I believe? Is it just what my parents taught me? And uh, if so, then that's not a good enough reason. It's just what I've always been taught. Uh, you need to decide... I believe this because I have thought through it and I believe it, not because my parents have taught me and that's why I believe it. And then same with, I mean, I mean, and that goes beyond just religion. It could be on any topic. In college, you're encouraged, hopefully these days, to think for yourself, to examine the facts, come to your own conclusions and be able to present those in a logical and orderly manner. So college, I think, or that type of atmosphere is important because it helps people to learn to think for themselves and to rationalize and be able to present their thoughts in a logical manner. Unlike high school, which is just a time that's just so full of emotion and puberty and whatever else. But... Then on top of that, you've got, you're living with these three other people in the same room. And then if it's like our college dorms, they were connected by the bathroom to a suite, which had four other girls in it, you know, and then you're living on a hall with a bunch of girls and you're sharing the same laundry machines. And so, uh, you're having to fend for yourself in a way, but also learn to be considerate of others. For instance, if the toilet paper, if you use the last of the toilet paper, make sure you put another roll on there. Don't just leave it empty for the person in there. I mean, just small things like that. But uh, learning to keep your stuff to your side of the room, not spread it all over the place. It's, it's just a really important place where I learned to think, learned to help to take care of myself. It'll help you understand human nature. I mean, you're going to see... You're going to see people that are just like you, the same age as you, at their best and at their worst. And uh, I still have lots of memories of drama that went on <laughs> at college and between friends and, and or just acquaintances or just I'd be studying in the halls and I'd hear somebody talking on their phone. And by talking, I mean they were yelling at their boyfriend or their, their ex, I guess. <laughs> in this case, <laughs> or at their parents, you know, and so you you get a, gl- a better glimpse into human nature than just from what you gleaned from your family and your little small circle. By going to college or such an experience as that, you're getting a much wider exposure to humanity and all its flaws, and yet all of its good good points, too. You see people that uh, somebody falls and they take the time to help helps others take the time to help them back up, you know, and they don't just stand there and laugh at him or something. 
And then it also helps you to learn that life really could be worse. Uh, you might have woken up late and missed your first couple classes and you were you slept poorly all night and so now you're running into things. You, you're stubbing your toe all day and uh, by the time you get into lunch you've missed all the good food. All that's left is just the scraps and uh, you just end up uh, you ended up leaving uh, some of your important books back in your room, and so you weren't able to study for a test, you forgot you had a test, whatever. You had a horrible day, and then you get back to your room at night, and you discover that your roommate, her parents are getting a divorce, and it turns out that the parent that's going to be taking care of them is getting almost no money, and they might have to drop out of college, and who knows what their life is going to be like now. And so college, I think, helps to, helps you to put your life in perspective a lot better. To realize, you know what? My life really isn't so bad. And you can be the, it gives you opportunities to, to grow as a person. So college isn't for everyone, but I think such an experience, and I don't know where else you would get it. That's what I was going to ask. Is a good thing for pretty much everyone to have. Pretty much. But everyone, every human. Yep, every human that <laughs> makes it to college age. Okay. Now it could be, but you don't have any other options to suggest. Oh, uh, you could grow up in a large family like the Duggars. Okay, so basically, it's just you live need to be live with a lot of people. Is your thing in a stressful environment? Okay, so if you just got a job after high school and got some roommates then that would be acceptable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I doubt that... Okay. I mean, you might be able to do that. So live with people outside your family. You're number nine. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Go to college, people. On to my number eight. It's participate in art. Probably music. Huh. So I didn't mention... Man. I'm feeling ashamed of all my list. <laughs> so I wasn't gonna, this is so good. So I was going to say music at first because music is the most accessible art. Just about everyone can sing or at the very least listen to and enjoy music. But, uh, I mean, there's people that are tone deaf or people that can't hear, I guess. Uh, people that can't enjoy music at all. Or they just have a hard time understanding how, how music works. Yeah, I mean, that's something you can learn, I think, though. It's something you can, can study. Can everybody in. learn that? If they want to. I I'm, think... I'm fuzzy on that area. Okay, well, I think... Anyway. Everyone that physically can hear can learn to appreciate music. No, I agree with that. Yeah, and people that can't, there's other types of art that they can, they can appreciate. And I would say even further than just passively taking it in, I think... You should participate. So whether that's just singing in the car or in the bathtub or singing as part of a choir, like in a church or at a club or playing an instrument or painting or photography, all sorts of different art. And I think I think that's a good thing. I think uh, humans should do art. Not everybody's artistic. Not everybody's going to sound good when they're singing for example but i think if you can then you should it's good for you yeah. and and it'll be good for you 
Yeah, that's a good one. Man, my my list is running along very different lines. <laughs> I figured it probably would. I'm still in the preachy section. <laughs> well, that's when I'm right. I just paid in art. Here we go. Are you guys ready for this? Okay. Number eight. People, you need to be aware of your body. Um, and I'm going to go in several directions with this. Uh, Stay okay. with me. You need to be aware of your body hygienically, okay? Look in the mirror. If there's something wrong, fix it. You know when you have bad breath, all right? Yeah, you can look in the mirror, see you have bad breath. No, I'm just, yeah, it fogs up the mirror pretty bad. When you, you open your mouth, the whole room turns cloudy. No, I'm saying, even without having to look in the mirror, you know when there's something wrong with you. You can smell when you're stinky. Uh, Some people can't. Then you need to at least be showering once a day and okay. putting on deodorant. If you have a horrible sense of smell, just go with those guidelines. Those are good guidelines. And if you've been out in the sun, go immediately take a shower. <laughs> it's just there's general rules for for hygiene, for cleanliness, that even if you are really hard of, of sight, of smell, whatever, you can, all, you can figure out how to take care of yourself so as to not be repulsive to others. Uh... Be aware of your body as far as modesty goes. I'm, I'm talking to guys and girls here. I've been mooned by guys who don't wear belts. I've been scarred for life by girls who <laughs> lean forward and, uh, or they're, they're wearing a skirt and their legs aren't closed. I'm just saying, people, be aware of where things are and where your clothing is in proportion to those things. And, uh, and let's have some modesty here, some decency, okay? For the sake of those around you. And then be aware of your body as far as your emotions. And this is this is a really difficult one. I feel that being married to you, Brian, has helped me some to at least understand that when there's something I feel really strongly about and I'm having a hard time explaining to you why I don't want to I don't want to argue this out. It's mm -hmm. my way or the highway. I need to just say, okay, let's talk about this later. Let me sort out the logic of it all. <laughs> see why I feel through it this way. Uh, sort through the little tangle of emotions, the core memories of, of what is making me feel this way. And I'll get back to you later on it. And then we'll, we'll talk about it and discuss it. So I think too many people... I think people in general, really, uh, they don't think through their emotions. And then others are just not emotional enough. I think being married to you has helped, uh, you being married to me has helped you. Because even if you really have no sympathy for what's going on, or you really don't care, you've learned <laughs> not to show it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so that's, you know... It's been really good for both of us to, for you to step back and think, okay, well, I really don't see why she's getting all passionate about this subject. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can try and, and think through it, or if nothing else, just set aside my feelings about it and, and wait for her to express how she feels before I judge. And so, at least I hope that's what you do. <laughs> if I don't, I mask it well. You sure do. 
You've learned to, <laughs> for your own sake. So that's what I mean by learn your emotions. Learn when you are not able to think rationally about something or when you are, and, and it could be either about when you're angry or when you're, you're super in love with something or someone and say you want to, you just found the love of your life and you want to run off and marry them. Well, you might be too close to the situation to know if this really is the person that you want to marry. And so you should take a step back, ask people who aren't as emotionally invested as you are, what do you think of this person? Or, for example, it could even be in the realm of shopping. There's something you really want. Maybe you should just take a step back and realize, I've really got this craving for it. I've really, it's right there in front of me. It's an impulse buy. But maybe this, I'm not able to think straight right, right now. Maybe I should just uh, wait till later and see if it's, uh, if I still think it's that good of a, of a deal. Does that make sense? Which one? There was about five different <laughs> items grouped into the... I'm just uh, saying that uh, you need to be, you I need mean, to be able to recognize... with not buying ice cream on impulse. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm saying you need to be able to recognize when your emotions are controlling you. Okay. When you're not in control. And also take a shower and also... Yeah, that's all... Wear a belt. Yep, that's all under the heading of be aware of your body. Wow. All right. Well, my next one is <laughs> so that was my number eight. Eat ice cream, play soccer, and wear, a belt. wear fun t-shirts. <laughs> and it's all related by the body as well. Shut up. Okay, my actual. You know what? I think the listen- listeners understand. Mine made sense in its own way. Bless its heart. Uh, my number seven is read literature, and I'm gonna. I want to do a a top ten reasons you should read books at some point. So I won't go too deeply into this, but I think in the same way that you should travel and learn more about people, I think reading uh, fiction specifically, but uh, some forms of nonfiction as well, really help you to uh, get into another person's mind Hmm. and uh, feel what they're feeling. You can uh, maybe pick up on uh, different perspectives by reading a fictional story then you could just reading the facts in maybe a news story i think reading nonfiction obviously good learn a lot of facts that way and yeah uh, i mean there's there's a bunch of things we're gonna i'm gonna do a, a top 10 list at some point but reading literature reading books that have stood the test of time that have been lauded through the years and enjoyed and uh, have helped people and have uh, directed people's minds for hundreds of years or more. I think that's something everybody should do. I think uh, you should learn how to read and then read some good literature. That's my number seven. Yeah, that's a good one. I just have no <laughs> no complaints with your list. Right. <laughs> Unlike you, apparently. Well, that's because I made mine for every human, including you. I made mine for every human, too. Okay. I think every human should be aware of their body. 
hygienically, numbers, modestly, seven as emotionally. Well. No, my number <laughs> and six, <laughs> all three. No, my number seven is I think every human should be responsible. Yeah. So what I mean by that is uh, you need to, I, I mean several things. It, it, it Again, encompasses a lot. But you need to keep any promises that you make. So that could go as far as you have a work contract. Well, now you have promised to show up at a certain time each day and do a certain amount of work or whatever. Do or not even a certain amount of work. It could be more. It could be you, you're just for a certain time period, you will be working. And that is a promise that you have made to your employer. You need to do that. Stop making excuses for, well, I just don't feel up to, to it today. Obviously, if you're, if you're really sick, don't go to work, you know. Let them know. I'm dying. But I think there's just so many people that make keeping their promises such a light thing. And they find all sorts of excuses for why they can't do it. But let me tell you, if you offer to give somebody some help, if you say to someone, and I'm going to get on a soapbox here for a moment, if you tell someone, hey, if you need anything, you just let me know, because they're going through a hard time, well, then you had better be willing to do anything at any time for them, because that is what your offer was. There are so many people that make this promise lightly. If you are not willing to do anything for them when they ask for it, then don't make that offer. Give some variables. Say, any time that you need me to bring a meal by, you just let me know. On these days or whatever. Any time that you need help from the hours of 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Thursdays and... Yes, If you have to clarify your position, (laughs) that's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, don't promise that I will be there for you when you need me, because probably I will need you when you are not in it, when it is not convenient for you. But that is when I need you, and you promised you would be there for me. So you had better, and I will remember (laughs) that promise, so you had better remember that promise. I'm just saying, people make promises way too lightly. Don't make a promise you don't intend to keep. That's very irresponsible. Moving on. Uh, So you need to follow the rules. uh, That as far as driving, be responsible, people. Uh, Accept blame when you don't. You know when. You know that you fall. You. Well, here's an example. I uh, I crashed into somebody's car when I was backing up out of a friend's driveway. Okay, I didn't just drive off and uh, leave the guy to wonder how that had happened. I could have. There were no witnesses around. It was like 11 o'clock at night. There's no way he would have known that I crashed into his car. But I went up to the guy's door and I told him, look, I put a dent in your really nice car. Here's Here's my information. We'll see about getting this fixed. And I'm not saying this to, you know, because I'm such a wonderful person and praise me. But I'm just saying, people, you need to take responsibility for when you break the rules. And then last under being responsible. This goes along with think before this. uh, This covers think before you act and you speak. Okay, be responsible for your actions and your words. Think is what I say or what I do. 
the best in this situation? Is it going to harm so-and-so and be responsible for how you behave? So that is my number seven. Any comments? Um, this is this is seeming a lot more specific of a list than I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me, I deal in specifics sometimes mm. when I'm not dealing in generalities. Right. How... How specific of me. How quaint. (laughs) Okay, well, back to the happy list. Number six, (laughs) prioritize experiences over possessions. You're not going to look back at the end of your life in fondness on the nice furniture that you have in your living room or on the knickknacks on your shelf or on your set of golf clubs or your nice car. You're going to look back at the end of your life and look at those things and remember uh, times that you spent with friends, time that you spent with family, yeah, things that went wrong, things that went right, your successes, your failures. And so uh, you should prioritize making experiences, memorable experiences over possession. So like I would say, if you're going if you're going to um, have to make the choice between going on vacation to, the place, like Melissa was saying, she wants a family, every family in the world to go to. <laughs> I'm not or, saying every family should go there. I'm just saying they should have a, spe- a place that's special to them. Or buy, uh, I don't know, spend money on, I, I don't know, pick your pick your uh, your possessions of choice. Um, obviously, you need furniture and you need a car, things like that. Not saying don't get those things, but if you spend more time uh, focusing on uh, the experiences rather than those possessions, um, I think you'll be more fulfilled as a person. So, for example, practical suggestion, uh, Christmas gifts. You probably don't need, like, I don't need uh, another, I don't know, pair of socks. Yeah. Sure. Uh, For Christmas. That's kind of the dad gift is a tie. Right, right. I I probably have few enough ties that another tie <laughs> I could work on through rotation. Thanks. <laughs> like those ties that I got from the Smiths right, for yeah. my birthday. Those are nice ties. I wear those. But, yeah, just for an example, uh, something like that. You probably, uh, my, my children don't need to buy me a new tie every year that they're growing up for the next 18 years. But if they, I don't know come up with some game they want to play with me or uh, they want to go on a picnic or something like that and make that a gift or uh, do something special, then that's going to be something that's a lot more special than uh, just they went and bought me something. So that's an example. You, If you're listening to this, children, you can still buy me things. <laughs> we can do both. We can do experiences and possessions. That explains- for the other people. That explains why I so often get board games from you for uh, birthdays or Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think of all those experiences yeah. I'm, I'm providing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Along with a possession. Oh, the Fancy classic that. double threat. <laughs> so that's my number six. Experiences over possessions. Right, my number six. Hang in there with me, people. Oh, no. This is the last preachy one. I'll be back in a few minutes. It's the last one, I promise. Take care of them for me. <laughs> This one, every person should throw trash into trash bins, okay? There's just no Are excuse. You serious? Yep. 
I I fully think there's no never an excuse for you to throw trash on the ground. What if there aren't any trash bins in the country you live? Every country has trash bins. I'm going to dispute that. But go on. They have trash collection of some sort, some sort of trash disposal. And if you don't have, if you are so far removed from civilization that uh, you have, there is no, there are no paper or plastic products or anything like that, then probably everything you have is biodegradable anyway. So, no worries. But I would say just about everywhere, just about everywhere in the world these days, there is some form of, even in third world countries, there's some form of place where you can put trash in a trash bin and you can wait until you get home to throw away your Coke can, okay? I'm not a recycling green person. You should be. You should recycle. I probably should. But at this point in life, I'm not. However, I will say there is never a reason to throw your trash on the ground. Ever. In times where we have not been able to find a trash can, we've, you know, because we've been driving in the car or whatever, guess what? We haven't thrown our trash out the window. We've kept it in the car until we could find a restaurant or something that had a trash bin and we could throw away our trash. Now, would you say, for example, banana peels are okay to just throw out your window? As long as you remove the sticker, because (laughs) banana peels are biodegradable. Right, okay, so... Biodegradable trash yeah. is okay to throw Biodegradable out. trash is fine. Just throw that on the ground, wherever. Well, or if you're out, out in the... Out your window, <laughs> for example, and you you're don't feel duck. like waiting one more minute till we get to church to throw away your banana peel. Just as an example. I don't do that anymore. Every human. Right. Okay. All right. These days I do wait until we get to church to throw out the banana peel. <laughs> but... Oh, the tangled web we weave. <laughs> When first we throw banana peels out. Anyway, I'm not as bad a sinner as some people. Mm. So that makes it okay. No, I have gotten better. I'm saying there's room for improvement for all of us. Mm. But look, if you're out on a cross-country drive and there's no, you know, nothing for miles around, it's not going to kill the environment for you to throw an apple core out the window. It will kill the environment if you throw out your plastic Wendy's cup. Hmm. There are so many beautiful stretches of land here in the States. Oh, man, especially in Honduras. That is a gorgeous country, but it is so marred because people will not throw their trash in the garbage. They just throw it down wherever they, you know, they, they finish their coke and they just throw it down. Mm-hmm. And and it's the, the place is filthy. And it could be so much more beautiful if people would just pick up their trash. I mean, just not throw it on the ground in the first place and show some restraint. So anyway, don't put your gum on the bottom of, of chairs or on on sidewalks or anything like that either. If you really can't wait to get rid of it, just swallow it, people. Unless it's one of those traditional walls where everybody's done it. And that's kind of cool to stick your gum on. There are such places. Oh, yeah. You haven't seen that with like thousands of pieces of gum. That's gross. And I disagree with that. Although if we go there, I'll probably do it too, just out of peer pressure. Wow. Every human. But I don't think you should have started. Somebody started it, and that was wrong. Eh. Too late. (laughs) So that's my number six. 
Throw your trash away, people. All right. Throw your trash away. And also, number five for me, give the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I've... This is something you've helped me with. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that I do it right at at all, all the same, but... Right. Uh, yeah. You, you do point it out to me that I should try and give people <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. It is really easy to assume the worst in people and always jump to conclusions and just start chewing them out in your mind or even um, actually chewing them out. But I think it's good for uh, people to assume assume the best in others and assume, hey, this person, maybe they had a bad day when they messed up my uh, fast food order. And, you know, maybe they're having problems at home or they're, uh, they're not feeling well today, but they have to make this paycheck to provide for their family. So they still came into work and assume that instead of, well, they're just... Uh, lazy or incompetent and they could be that too though yes but i would say if you assume the best in people and then you find out that you were wrong you're gonna feel you're gonna feel a lot better than if you assume the worst in people and then you find out you're wrong that's true yeah so assume that assume the best in others until you find out otherwise Give the benefit of the doubt. Innocent until proven guilty. And you can thank Andy Griffith on the Andy Griffith Show for teaching me this lesson. Okay. So, that is my number five. Give the benefit of the doubt. All right. We're moving on from the preachy ones to the fun experiences that Phew. I really think, if if it's at all possible... I think people should try and experience these things. I think okay. they're they're pretty awesome. Okay. So my number five is uh, people should ride on a galloping horse, and uh, okay. I think I think just about everybody could do this. You know, if you're blind, then ride behind <laughs> somebody else. Uh, you know, or something like that. If you're if you're physically impaired in some way, then have have somebody else that you're riding with. But there is just something so thrilling about being on a galloping horse. And feeling the wind in your face. Or, I mean, it, you could expand this to, uh, I mean, some other things. If if you're, if you're being on a horse is too quaint for you, you could ride on a jet ski, I suppose. Uh, that's pretty exciting, too. But I think there's something so thrilling about uh, feeling the muscles of the horse bunch up underneath as it gathers itself for another great leap forward. And... <laughs> and the wild thrill of am I going to die at any second? Uh, it's it's so exciting, and I really think that everybody should experience it. Okay. It's my number five. Your number five, ride on a fast thing. No, I I'm gonna I'm gonna narrow it down to ride on a galloping horse. Okay. Because riding on a roller coaster is not the same. It loses its thrill after a while. Okay. And if your country doesn't have horses, then you can do my number nine: travel outside your country. Right on a fast thing like an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How dull. Uh, my number four, similar to giving the benefit of the doubt, number four, listen to others. And just again, about being uh, focused on others, 
uh, when you're talking to someone. Don't just be sitting there waiting for you to say your thing. Waiting for them to finish so that you can give your opinion on right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, okay, I, I'm going to say this and this as soon as they stop talking. Oh, man, his mouth is still moving. All right. You know we've all, all right. done it. He's, he's taking a breath. Go, go, go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Listen to people in conversations. Uh, you don't always have to share your opinion. You don't always have to, uh, you know, tell someone why they're wrong or uh, tell I'll them what they should have done instead. Sometimes it's good just to listen and uh, think about what they're saying. Consider what they're saying. Maybe you're having an argument or debate. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to their points and then stop and think, okay, is it possible that I'm wrong and that this other person is correct? Let me think about this. So that's going to be my number four. I think everyone can listen to others, be better listeners. And I think your your friends, your family will will appreciate it. Everyone likes to have someone to listen to them. Sometimes, sometimes that's all you need is to have someone to listen to you. And so you can be that person and everyone should be. That's my number four. All right, my number four is uh, you should play good board games, actually. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> I know. in the world. It's specific. Uh, it, could, it could be uh, play, recre- do rec- recreational activities with friends. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I guess one of the things I was thinking about with board games is they have a way of bringing people together of all different types of personalities. Like in sports... You generally get the more outgoing people. You don't always have the more reserved people in sports. Whereas I I feel that board games pull, they can pull anyone in. And you can can form a bond with just about anyone uh, through board games. As long as you're playing the right kind of game, obviously. Something that'll work for everybody there. And, uh... I don't know, it, it creates a different experience for you where you, you forget the cares of life and you just, you know, you go tackle this this challenge of trying to beat the game or beat each other, but in a friendly, comp- competitive fashion. And every country has some sort of board game, be it chess or checkers or whatever. I think it's I think it's good for people to engage in board games. And that kind of a social activity where they can talk, they can relax, they can fellowship over a friendly uh, game of rivalry and also learn some strategy as well. So it doesn't have to be any of the modern games, uh, just something that you can sit down with your fellow man and enjoy doing. So that's my number four. Okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. (laughs) My number three is improve yourself. Very, very vague in general. But I think in just about every area of life, uh, from time to time, you need to question yourself. Okay, why am I doing this? Am I just going through the motions of this because I've always done it this way? Or is it because uh, this is the best way to accomplish this goal that I have? Is there maybe a, a way to I can improve? And uh, it doesn't just have to be in in work type things. It can also be in, um, you know, your relationships with other people. 
It can be th with knowledge that you have. It can be with your belief system that you have. I think it would benefit everybody just from time to time. Take stock. Okay, why do I believe this? Why do I think this? Why do I treat other people in this way? Is this the best option for me right now? Is this, uh, is this uh, the kindest I can be? Is this the smartest that I can be? And yeah, I think if you kind of, I guess kind of what you're talking about with going to college, if you uh, continually try to improve yourself, if you continually try to uh, question things and um, not that you have to uh, stop believing, you know, change your mind every every five years and everything, anything like that. But learn at I least think, to see why other people believe what they believe. Right. Well, that's part of listening to others. Right. As well. But uh, yeah, improving yourself. You don't want to get or get stagnant and just narrow-minded, stuck in one place. Right. You want to uh, continually try to. Uh, improve move forward uh you can always improve you can always get better none of us are per are perfect so um, always strive to uh, be better be a better uh, person in your family be a better co-worker be a better person a better citizen in your country all of those things so that's my number three improve yourself all right my number three goes along with something you said earlier okay uh, although I got specific. Eat ice cream. Chocolate ice cream. Mint chocolate chip. Thank oh, you. That was close. <laughs> no, I was going to say uh, you should read at least 10 books a year. Oh, there you go. Now, I mean, I I, I put that as a, a goal. Uh, mm -hmm. I, you, you pick the goal that you want to read to. Okay. But I think, like you said, everybody should read. Should learn mm -hmm. to read. I, I think it's very important. Everybody learns to read and reads often because, uh, especially as, as a child in your growing years, it's going to help you so much with the language, with your own native language. It will help you, uh, just with learning how to speak it, how to write in it. Mm -hmm. It will help you formulate sentences better. It helps you think more clearly. It helps you think more imaginatively. And then I think you should read a variety of subjects. Uh, fiction, like you said. Wow. History. Everybody needs to read history. Uh, I think you should read people with, uh, with opinions with whom you disagree. Uh, not so that you can be like, oh, I'm right and they're wrong. Uh, but so that you can, like you were just saying, learn to broaden your perspective and think, you know... Maybe somebody out there has had a thought that I have not, and uh, maybe I haven't considered every aspect of this of this situation. And yeah, uh, I mean, there's not too much more that I want to expand on it since I guess we're going to be doing a top ten list at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's very important for everybody to read, and you should set a goal of reading a certain number of books each year. I know we've done that, and I'm not saying do it because we do it, but it's good to be perpetually reading. Mm. And I'm not just talking about reading the articles that people post on Facebook. I'm talking about mm -hmm. get a book and read. Yeah, and not Fifty Shades of Grey or Twilight. No. 
or uh, or even just other, other nonsense. Fun, yeah. Uh, fun, um, you know, comic books or yeah. Um, no, don't. Yeah, don't just don't just read what's candy for you. Right. Right. Get some meat in there as well. Exactly. All right. My good one. My number two. I mentioned improve yourself for the last one. I think for number two, maybe even more important, improve your surroundings. So improve the people around you. You can obviously do this in a preachy way or in a... um, (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I wasn't directing that at you. This Um, is my one chance to preach. I just laughed because you were... Because you'd used that phraseology earlier. But... uh, I don't preach on this podcast ever. mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you can do it, obviously, in a way that nobody's going to listen to you. Right. But, um, you know, there are ways to mentor others. There's ways to encourage others and improve others, uh, and to do it in a way where people will be receptive to it and where people will actually benefit from it and, and be improved. Um, I'd say in, in, um, in addition to other people, I would say things like institutions. So, uh, you know, for people that are in favor of small government, uh, decentralized government, this is sort of a, a big thing where uh, you get involved in local government and, and your local uh, community and try and improve that. We haven't done so much of that. We uh, I guess we've been here in Alabama for three years now. Um and we probably could get more involved with the, the local government. Um, haven't really done so much with that side, but I think I think that's important for people to do. Um, and I would say uh, for us as Christians, getting involved with your local community is going to be the most important thing. Uh, you know, uh, there are some people that move to the other side of the world, move to China, and then there. Uh, area, their local area is now a completely different country. But for those of us that don't move, uh, that are still here, where we were born, where we grew up, your local area is where you are right now. And uh, you can uh, be improving that from a Christian point of view by um, building relationships with people, by uh, talking to other people about spiritual things, by um, donating to charity, by uh, helping people that are in need, that are hurting. And um, uh, there's actually, I found out, there's actually a term, subsidiarity, uh, which I think it's a, I think it might be a Catholic doctrine or a Catholic teaching, uh, which is basically that same thing we've been talking about, where you you focus on what you can change. So uh, you might say, there's, you might look at, uh, say, you're a United States citizen. You look at the United States and say, oh, the United States is in such a big, uh, terrible wreck, uh, terrible mess. You know, the country's in shambles and uh, government's in shambles and there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm not even going to try. Well, uh, you're right. You might not be, you're not probably not going to be able to fix the government. You're not going to be able to fix the federal government or the country or the country. Or the state, maybe, or maybe even the city that you're living in. But you can do 
what about, you can do. How you about can, you change somebody's life today? Right. You can work in your purview. Uh, maybe for you, that's just in the people you come into contact at work and at the grocery store. Pass a homeless guy in the street, buy him a lunch. Right. That might just be that. Or it might be uh, you're involved as uh, uh, on your school board. Uh, or right. you might be on the city council. Or you adopt or, or do foster care. Or, uh, or you might go into politics. Or you might be a teacher. Or you might have all these other different uh, areas that you can help out with. Whatever you end up doing, you should try and improve uh, that situation. Improve those um, processes. Improve. Uh, make things more efficient. Do things better. And... Uh, yeah, improve your surroundings. That's my number two. I think every human can do that and should. All right, my number two, last one on the bucket list to-do items okay. uh, that I think, if possible, everybody should try to experience is stand behind a waterfall. <laughs> I know okay. it's super specific. I'm going off of my experiences, okay? okay. Don't okay. judge. Um, so okay. when I was a teenager... In Honduras, our youth group went to uh, this really large waterfall uh, called Pula Panzac. And it was, uh, it's at least four stories tall. I'm going to say just that because I don't want to over-exaggerate, but I think it was a lot taller than that. And we were able to hire a guide who was able to take us beyond the safe viewing point and... He took us along this narrow, slippery trail up through pools of water to where we could go right and stand right behind the waterfall. And the water is crashing down just a few feet away from us as we're standing in this kind of hollow, caved-out area behind the waterfall. And it was so incredible. The roar of the waterfall, the mist all around us. You could barely see as you're uh, sometimes wading, sometimes swimming through this thick roiling water and uh, holding on to the person in front of you and then you get get there and you uh, get behind the waterfall and you just stand on the rock and you see the water shooting out hundreds of feet above you and then it just comes crashing down just a few feet away from you it's really incredibly exciting and uh, there's something something special about it you you feel so small next to the the roar and awe of this this mighty waterfall, uh, but it's it's pretty cool standing there with your your friends too. So, as far as bucket ex- bucket list experiences, I think this is one that most people could experience, if not all, and should Probably try. Depends on the country you live in. Yeah, well, go to a different country then. <laughs> go do Brian's list and then do my list, <laughs> and don't throw trash out along the way. <laughs> My number two is stand behind a waterfall. Don't forget to pack your belt. (laughs) Okay. My number one, I would say consider the metaphysical, which sounds kind of highfalutin. It sure do. (laughs) And so we're Christians, of course, and it'll be awesome if everybody else is a Christian too. But... I wouldn't just go up to, say, a Muslim or a Buddhist and say, uh, you're wrong, become a Christian today. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe that works for some people, but I 
How would you feel if somebody came up, if a Buddhist or Muslim came up to you and said that? Right. I guess um, it's fine. I'm not saying don't witness to people from different religions, but I think um, for... There might be better ways to go about it. Right. There might be, I, I would say just as a starting point, Yeah. I would, if I could say, get on the radio or the TV right now and everyone in the world was listening to me, if I were to uh, start quoting Bible verses... A lot of people wouldn't Would know what I was talking out, about. Also, yeah, it could be they'd tune me out, or they wouldn't know what I was talking about uh, because they've never uh, thought about God, or they've never thought about uh, the idea of um, a personality of God, if they're say Buddhist. And so, I guess I would say uh, to kind of encompass everybody, including people, especially including people that are. Um, just uh, humanist kind of, I guess, uh, atheist or um, even to the point where they would say there's nothing that exists that's supernatural. It's just the physical world. I would, um, I would say consider, consider about that and, and uh, consider if you might be wrong on that, that there's a supernatural world, a metaphysical world, that uh, there are things outside of what you've experienced, things outside what you can uh, sense or observe or explain away um right things you can't explain and um so i guess maybe as a starting point to to someone that uh, was not at all religious not at all uh, someone who believed in in the spiritual i would say uh, you know consider uh, the the spirit uh, the the soul of man that we all have uh, consciousness and consider things like um, that we have uh, things like beauty, that we have things like order. Uh, where did those things come from? Morality, and obviously you can't you can't just say look at one of these things and boom, I proved that there's a god, and now boom, now I proved that you should become a Christian. But I think that the people that uh, are offhand uh, or flippant, they haven't really considered anything about uh, outside of the things that they can experience or can prove scientifically, I would say uh, that you're missing out on, on some very important parts of humanity um, by... On life. Right. By uh, considering these things. So, yeah. Maybe I went too general and vague there, but that's my number one. Well, that's solid because that leads right into my number one, which is know where you'll spend eternity. I thought that might be your number yeah. one. Yeah. So, and again, uh, now this one, I did go a lot more general than I could have. Being a Christian, I could have said, you know, everybody needs to accept Jesus as their Savior, and I firmly believe that. But, uh, you know, I realize not everybody will. Not everybody will believe what I believe. And not everybody has heard. So what I'm asking for everybody to do is to consider and think about, do I know beyond the shadow of a doubt where I will spend eternity? And maybe you don't believe that there is life after death. That after we die, we just, uh, we just go into the ground and that's it. Uh, but like, like you said earlier, Brian, uh, just now, mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of things that we can't explain. I want you, the listener, to consider that maybe you haven't 
there are there just might be an afterlife and what if we're right and what if you're wrong you know if if you're right then and we're wrong there is no afterlife then i mean it's not too big of a loss for us really we're just going <laughs> to die and and that's it we won't know any any better any worse that'll be the end of it and well oh well we spent a lot of our lives going to church and uh, doing things that maybe we didn't have to do after all. But just think, what if there is an afterlife? What if you're wrong? Then what does that mean? What is in that afterlife? What will it be like? How long will you spend spend there? Will it be eternity? Or just some time and then, uh, you know, think through these things. What if you are wrong and you don't know all the answers Look for the answers. Look, and we believe that those answers are found in the Bible. And we would love for you to reach out to us and, and ask, you know, what do you believe about uh, where we, you'll spend eternity? But what I'm saying is, think about it. And know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, not just, well, this is what I think will happen. This is what I hope will happen. But no, beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is what is going to happen after I die. Brian and I have accepted Jesus as our Savior. And based on his payment for our sins, we know that we are going to go to heaven when we die. Our bodies are going to stay on earth, but our spirits are going to go to heaven. And we'll get to live with Jesus in heaven because he paid the price for our sins and he's the only one that could we know that because of what the bible says and i want i want everybody to be firmly convinced in their mind of what of what is going to happen after after they die if you don't know if you're unsure think about it ask people ask us we'd love to help you that's my number one know where you're going to spend eternity. All right. Well, that that list ran quite the gamut. It sure did. My, uh, I guess my list wasn't as thought-provoking as yours, but maybe it was helpful to somebody. It, it provoked some thoughts in me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, I think it was a good list. Good job. Do you have any honorable mentions? I actually did not. Me neither, actually. Nope. It was uh, pretty succinct, I think. Well, I don't know if it was succinct, but I think you had maybe 16 or There was certainly items some sucking in, in that 10. succinct. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let us know what you think. Maybe we're way off. I've considered that possibility, considering that I'm wrong. I think that was somewhere on our list. Yep. Uh, maybe there's something that you think that we should have mentioned. Go ahead and give us some feedback. TTO at coser.us is our email address, or you can go to our website, tto.coser.us slash 49. We'll take you right to the comments for this episode. Next time, we're going to be celebrating episode 50. Whoa, landmark. My, yeah, landmark episode. We're going to be answering top 10 questions from you, the listeners. I'm looking forward to it. We actually got some questions. 
We got some questions. Maybe we'll get some more between now and then. We'll see. But until then, I'm Brian Kozer. And I'm Melissa Kozer. And you've been listening to 10 to 1. So this has nothing to do with the topic that we just discussed, but I feel that I need to address it because on our last episode, I got some flack for not having tasted apple cinnamon Cheerios up Mm. to the point that we had podcast up to and beyond about cereals. And so I'm happy to report to all of you that I have tasted apple cinnamon Cheerios. I compared them side by side with Apple Jacks. And guess what? Apple Jacks is still way better. Apple cinnamon Cheerios mm. suck. Hmm. I'm I'm glad you went into it with an open mind. I did. I actually did. I well. I know it doesn't so seem claim. like it, but I was like I was prepared, and I knew I was gonna get so much guff from you if I ended up liking apple cinnamon better. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this an honest try, and I just didn't like it near as much as Apple Jacks. So there, in your face. Well, I'm glad that you have tried them now. I think uh, I think it's probably good to try something before you just completely denounce it on a podcast. you know. Sometimes you just know. And guess what? I was right. <laughs>